Welcome back to part two of our conversation with designated drinker, Alex Bradley, outreach manager of HIPS. Now, if you've missed part one, I highly suggest you go back and belly up back to that bar and give it a listen. We'll save your seat right here for you, I promise. So Alex, in part one, we covered so much, but I, and because I only use the acronym and in case our listeners don't listen and they jump right into part two without listening to part one, even though I told them to do otherwise, please tell our listeners what HIPS is once again. Yeah, HIPS is a harm reduction organization in Washington, D.C., um, so we do a lot of grassroots um, and community-based services for um, people who do sex work, um, people who use drugs, and LGBTQIA plus uh, individuals, on, amongst many other communities, but those are the main kind of groups of folks that we prioritize. That's amazing. It um, seems like a, a big task being that outreach manager. Yeah, it can be for sure. So we we took a dive into what that what that means, um, what outreach means in our first part of this episode. Can you tell us a little bit about what you're seeing presently? I would imagine that looking at DC, obviously each place, each city will have its own challenges, but I would imagine it, there's probably some commonality through all of this, all of the spaces. Absolutely, yeah. Um, DC has a very unique situation with the overdose crisis. So we we had a very um, early kind of spike in in terms of the national picture with um, the fentanyl crisis, um, fentanyl being introduced into the drug supply uh, here in DC. We were one of the earlier cities to see it. So we've actually been kind of going through this for almost a decade now um, and seeing a, a tremendous amount of loss and um, just devastation in the community from um, the, the kind of intentional poisoning of the drug supply. Yeah. Um, yeah so that's been a, a unique situation for um, our community that uses drugs. And that's not just folks who use opioids as well. That's seeing it show up in other substances as well. So folks may not even be aware of what they're getting. Um, wow. We're really just, and, and also folks, you know, using um, it started out mostly showing up in the supply of heroin um, and being cut into heroin, but now we're seeing it in um, street pills and crack cocaine and in pretty much everything, um, which is terrifying because when you're a person who um, isn't prepared or doesn't have any kind of like built-up tolerance to um, an opioid, fentanyl is, is 50 times stronger than even your average like, morphine or, or something like that. Um, so you can overdose quite easily, and we've seen that happening again for about the past 10 years. It's been really devastating the community here in D.C. Um, I think another unique thing about D.C. is, is we have one of the um, highest uh, per capita populations of, of folks who are outward, out identifying as LGBTQ+, and especially trans folks. Oh, really? Um, yeah, actually. Um, and I think that has several kind of reasons. We've, we were early adopters of some protections and laws, um, and also a lot of our um, services are more inclusive. Um, Medicaid covers things um, on the healthcare front for folks that a lot of other states don't cover yeah. um, or don't include trans folks. There are some laws um, protecting people who are trans and, and, and gender nonconforming. Um, 
it was they ever, are highly imperfect, but yeah. <laughs> well, it, well, to that point, I was uh, surprised. One of our other guests opened my eyes up to the fact that I honestly, I, I like to think of myself as aware of things, engaged. I was unaware that people who identify as transgender can be denied or are denied insurance, mm-hmm. health insurance, on an ongoing basis in this country. Yeah. And I was... I was floored. I couldn't even imagine that actually being truth, but it's my ignorance, obviously. Yeah, no, of course. And it's, you know, if it's not something that you've seen in your life or in your community, it's like, how would you know, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I have, I, have, I have friends and people who I think are very close to me who are, have, are in, have transitioned, are transitioning in different mm-hmm. stages of that space uh, in their journey, and I was unaware. Yeah. And I, again, like to think of myself as aware, and I'm like, I did not understand that. Yeah. And the, the, the one of our guests said they moved back to D.C. just in order to have health care. Pretty much, yeah. You mean state health care, which is like free, or do you mean like paid space health care where you pay for your own personal? Both kinds of health care can deny trans coverage for a variety of reasons. So a lot of states... Medicaid flat out just doesn't cover anything related to transition. Um, that depends on your location. But even in private coverage, either they can flat out deny it or there can be a lot of hoops that you have to jump through in order to like prove that you're trans enough. Trans enough. Yeah, pretty That's much. Crazy. That's kind of how it manifests. So like, for example, um, in order for an I so we could talk more about this later, but I fall under the, I, my identity falls under the bucket of non-binary. So I'm not even a binary trans person, right? I'm not trying to transition from my assigned gender at birth to an, to to the quote-unquote opposite one, which that already is binary talking, but you know what I'm trying yeah. to say. In order to even get any of the like surgeries or any, um, especially to get any kind of surgery involving like reproductive organs, um, I would need to be on hormone therapy for a year, um, whether or not I want it. Uh, and have two letters from two different psychiatric evaluations uh, confirming that I am stamped and certified experiencing gender dysphoria (laughs) or whatever the heck else. Um, I still have to find a provider who's willing to do it, um, which is less than a handful, even in D.C. Um, And then I still need insurance to be like, yeah, okay, sure. Um, All of which takes, like, a tremendous amount of work from everybody involved. And it's one of the reasons why HIPS has a gender-affirming care program is it's not just, oh, yeah, like, folks are looking to get hormones and we can prescribe it for you. It's also like, oh, my God, this system is terrifying. How do I navigate this? I need help. Who can I go to? Um, Because when you just look at a piece of paper and a list of doctors, right, there's no, like, indicator, like, oh, yes, I will, I will approve you or I believe you or I will take care of you if you're trans or non-binary or any number of other identities. So it's, just, it's, a, it's, a, it's a long line of hoops that you have to go through in order to kind of prove yourself. This is so fucked up because you're telling me this is, I mean, like, I mean, I, I hear what you're saying and, I, and I've seen like state aid de- deny so many people for so many different things. And Alex, I know a lot of people don't know a lot about me on the show, like personally, but I will share with you because you're sharing your story. I had a brother who was a heroin addict and he died. Sorry to hear that. And um, and he went through a lot and it was a lot of my family too, but that's not the point. The point is, is that Medicaid in New York State is fucking terrible. 
But what you're telling me is that, like, and you're not asking them to pay for your, 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 your transitioning, right? That's not what that's not what you're saying. You're saying basic health care, right? Um, no, this is. I mean, this is mostly related. Is this for transitioning or for transition basic related care? Yeah. It doesn't really fucking matter. You could do whatever you want, right? There is so many prejudices when it comes to healthcare and what they decide is what's right. That like, you know, like again, my brother was very sick. You know, like if yep. you're a heroin addict, you are not well. And and I don't mean it in, the, in any disrespect to people like fall down that road. I mean like your body begins to immediately die mm-hmm. and it's terrible. And for you to say this and you're just, you know, this is something that's like you want to do you feel that you need to do, it's part of like how you're going to become your true self, then there is no reason why what's different from that to for, for or, or somebody going in saying, my arm hurts. I don't like the tingling in my arm. You can fucking live with the tingling in your arm. This is something where you are uncomfortable. But imagine being uncomfortable and like, you know, not being able to realize yourself. That's yeah. even got to be fucking worse. Yep. Yes, I have a little tendinitis. That costs forty thousand dollars to fix, or a lifetime of mental issues that no one's willing to accept. Yep, it's because there's nobody on the state legislature. Well, it's not sure they're getting there, but there's not enough people that are on top of the legislation Mm -hmm. or in office to make those decisions with any sort of brain that understands what you're saying. A hundred percent. And I've and to to your story, and I'm I'm so sorry about your brother. there's similar roadblocks for people who use drugs. Um, there, you have to have there, a special yeah. you have to have a special certification in order to prescribe medication assisted treatment, which is things like Suboxone, buprenorphine, methadone. Don't need one of those to hand out Oxycontin. Nope. Don't need one of those to hand out morphine, Percocet, nothing. So you can you can hand out those drugs. But then you need to go through a special certification. You have to have a limited number of patients in the first year that's in like the double digits. Um, then go through a couple of years before you can take more, and there's still a cap as to how many you can do. That's just, and I only know DC specific policy, but it's why. When you put that in that perspective, I mean, don't get me wrong, I worked for Big Pharma before I started this podcast, and I've said this many times on the show, and that's exactly why I'm no longer a creative director in advertising, because <laughs> um, it is, you definitely sell your soul to the devil. Mm-hmm. It is amazing to me when you said that to me, I just, you're right. You're 100% right. We're happy to give you the drug. Mm-hmm. And when you were talking about it earlier, I, and I was like, oh, those are all prescribed. Those are yeah. all, we, those aren't coming across our borders, folks. No. There's no reason. None nope. of this is coming in from Mexico. And this that's is, the other you know, problem. This is, is all being homegrown. And, and until, or un, until and unless it is as easy to get medication-assisted treatment or to get uh, su- like a supportive care service, like to go into a place and be taken care of and go through like the the level of like support and therapy and 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 working through your mental health until it's easier to do that as it is to get a bag of heroin or get a bag of whatever we're not doing enough yeah. that's that is like fundamentally because it is always anytime you put up a roadblock there's a snap decision that happens where you have to make the choice between like survival cuz that's real and like getting care and then even in DC which is a relatively "quote unquote" progressive place, um, you know, getting access to the longer term services for substance use treatment. Yeah, right. Good luck. Oh my God, Alex, there's so much work to be done. Thank God you're younger than I am. That's all I have to yeah. say. <laughs> We're because, working on it. 
Because I'm like, get some more young people. I, listen, I grew two humans. I'm going to give them to you. I was going to say, you're helping. 18. Yeah. yeah. You got some young ones. I'm, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get them out there and make them be better, hum, better humans than yes. I ever was. And, <laughs> and, I'm, and, I'm, and, I, and I think of myself as a good human. I do a lot of, a lot of charity. But my charity today is going to be making a cocktail. All now, right. Now, the reason why I chose this cocktail today is because it can be made non-alcoholic or alcoholic, depending on how you want to spend your pride. Nice. Um, and I always say that, like, you know, you know, one non-alcoholic to one alcoholic is the equivalent of a, a longer night out, right? Um, so we're going to start off with one of my favorite uh, liquors. Now, if you are not going to use um, a liquor, you're just going to skip this step, really. Um, so we're going to put two ounces of Maker's Mark. And again, if you're not using if you're not using any booze today, that is totally fine too. So you're gonna do two ounces of makers uh, in your glass, and then we're gonna take one lemon, one strawberry, and we're gonna drop that in the bottom. And I forgot to get ice. Shocking, shocking! I forgot to do something. I was too busy listening to Alex school us on how to be <laughs> fucking better. So if you get nothing out of this whole episode, is take some advice and get involved. Um, let's grab some ice here. All right. So this whole cocktail is about layering, right? So we're going to take that. We're going to put a little bit more ice. And we're going to do it again. Lemon, strawberry. And we're going to do it again. So again, if you're doing this non-alcoholic, do not put the booze in there. And you're going to do it one more time. Put a lemon and a strawberry. Now we're going to take, ready? Here we go. Pink lemonade. That old school pink lemonade. You can find it in every single grocery store that ever was. Is pink lemonade real? It is not, but that's what I love about it. It's a little bit fake, but a little bit awesome. Gina, what makes it pink? Um, red dye number five. <laughs> um, but if you live in California and you're listening to this show, you can legitimately get pink lemons at the grocery store, which I find fascinating. So use those in simple syrup. So you're going to fill this about three quarters of the way. So now we have Maker's Mark pink lemonade. And now we're just going to top this off with a little bit of bubbles. And we're going to use a little... Um, Sparkling wine, you can use whatever you like. You like Prosecco, use that. You like Cava, use that. You like really expensive champagne, use that. Ooh, I love that sound. Or pink lemonade and soda water works just as well. So we're gonna add that to the top. Gina, I'm using blueberries today. Oh, I love that. I love that. I, I'm, it's all about the layers in, in, on our pride drinks. We wanna make sure that you know you have multiple layers, lots of flavor. And we represent everybody. And, and honestly, Alex's story, um, you know, I was reading her notes, kind of really inspired this. But I came up with a name, and Alex can tell me to F off and not use it, or it's okay. But, like, I, I saw hips, and in my mind, um, this, the Shakira song came up, like, you know, my hips don't lie. <laughs> so I want to call it hips don't lie. I love it. <laughs> but if we can't, I won't. I understand. I love it. I love it. Um, and that's it. And that is it. And this is your... Uh, it's an easy, layered, pride cocktail. Make it in a pitcher. Make it for your friends. Make it non-alcoholic. Make one in one. You know, enjoy enjoy your month and really all year long. So cheers. Cheers. Thank you. <laughs> easy peasy. Oh, that's good. That's delicious. Mm. Very summery. That's naughty. It's dry. It's nice. It's like a little bit sweet from the lemonade. It's like super easy. And when you're enjoying Pride, you're very busy. You can't do it. We can't be like 
stuck to the grind. So where are they gonna go to get all these tips and tricks, Gina? You're gonna go to designateddrinker.show for tips, tricks, how to, how to get involved, how to donate time, money, be a sponsor for hips, and for, and you know, how to connect with Alex and her community. Absolutely, absolutely. So yeah, so if you guys go to our episode notes or to the website, which is designatedrinker.show or just into your web episode notes, like I said, we'll make sure that all those links are there for you so you can easily get connected and then get involved, which is very, very important. So now that we got the important part in our, in our <laughs> face, got some little, little juice going, um, tell us more that we should know about hips and about pride and how I think it's very important I keep saying this that we have these types of conversations um, because it breaks down barriers so let's close out on something really positive like that okay um I mean I think pride for um like the hips community is is so um nuanced because it's you know a lot of the spaces that we exist in are not the kind of like what you see on the media or the way that folks are represented. It's like folks in survival mode, um, folks who are in a lot of kind of rough circumstances in their life, um, maybe, you know, any number of reasons. And a lot of the reason folks come through HIP's door is because there has been an absence of like a lot of other community. and so, um, and we, you know, a lot of folks who are doing survival sex work, for example, are trans folks who have been displaced uh, from their families or homes um, and, like, come to D.C. or because um, it's, you know, a place that, again, is, like, relatively comparatively progressive. Um, <laughs> sorry, I used some air quotes there. Yes. Um, <laughs> and, um, but, like, that, there is this, I don't know. There is something about the way that, yeah, there, as Gina mentioned before, that, that blurring of the boundaries of life and, and, and work at HIPS is necessary because so much of like who we are is that we are built by ourselves and by each other. And so, you know, um, watching folks f- come through our doors, um, like our figurative doors, because we're often actually at their door yeah. um, or out, outdoors. Um, and then over time, you know, getting community, getting support, getting just whatever success looks like for them, um, or whatever growth looks like for them. Uh, we were collectively like talking about how 2022 is going to be the year of like all of us, like getting into like comfortable in our skins. And it's, um, it's been really, cause we just kind of formalized this uh the gender affirming care clinic portion um mm-hmm. that we have and i'm watching like every single person i have long relationships who's been connected to care at hips like starting to like get their surgeries on the calendar or wow. be on hormones for the first time and you to, now to clarify you don't need to medically transition to be trans like a lot yeah. of people don't do anything mm-hmm. a lot of folks just like exist in the world and 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 navigate it as they have always been. Um, but for folks who that is a goal for, uh, it's been like quite a year of watching folks just getting these opportunities to feel more at home um, in their own skin. And it's really exciting. I think see. that's, it, that again, these conversations just, 
I want to be more comfortable in my skin. Right. I want to transition into a better version of myself. And why is this so wrong? Don't we all want that? Exactly. Don't we all want that? We all want to be accepted. We all want to be included. Included. Yes. And and be a part of like I was gonna say I was gonna say being part of the world. And you're right, to be included. These that's why it's so important that you were here today. And I so much appreciate you being a designated drinker and Thank having you. a cocktail with us and <laughs> talking about some real shit that really needs to be shared. (laughs) On that note, Gina, I think this one has come to a close. Um, I could talk to you all day long, Alex. So much energy. I love it. (laughs) I know. I'm tired. I got to take a nap. Thanks, Alex. Cheers to Pride 2022. Take care. Cheers. Cheers. The Designated Drinker Show is produced by Missing Link, a podcast media company that is dedicated to connecting people to intelligent, engaging, and informative content. Also in the Missing Link lineup of podcasts is Roger That, a podcast dedicated to guiding you through the haze of dementia, led by skilled caregivers Bobby and Mike Carducci. Now, if you're looking for a whole new way to enjoy the theater, check out Between Acts, an immersive audio theater podcast experience. Each episode takes you on a spellbinding journey through the works of newfound playwrights, from dramas to comedies and everything in between. Find Missing Link's League of Podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts. Please don't forget to subscribe, download, and review the shows. Your review helps our shows reach new audiences. To find out more about Missing Link, visit missinglink.company. That's missinglink.company.